So I'm going to get right into it. I want to share with you this morning three, three points from this, these verses. It's not up there anymore, but from Psalm 34. This is my favorite song. Hallelujah. It's my favorite. And those first eight verses mm, mm, says a lot. I mean, and then we need the whole, the whole chapter. But the whole verses, all the verses, but those first eight ones just speak to me. So I have three points that I want to bring to your to your remembrance or to your mind this morning from this song. And it's one, God is worthy of our praise. God rescues those who are in need. And three, God will never let us down. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord God, this morning, asking you, Lord God, to bless this word, Lord God, this word that you have given me, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that it will be something that someone can grasp for to this morning, Lord God, and that they can use it in their daily lives, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that these words may help someone who is in need this morning, Lord, that they will know that you are, you are there and always there for them. In season and out of season. Father God, I pray for the young man this morning that was found over there and he was not doing well and that the ambulance had to take him away. Lord God, I pray not only that you that you heal his body, Lord God, but deliver him from his drug addiction, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my pastors and I pray, Lord, that you just bless this word this morning. Bless it, anoint it, Lord God. Let your people be touched this morning in the name of Jesus. Let the physical woman, Lord God, move aside so that you, Lord God, can bring forth the spiritual, Lord God, that your word will be blessed and brought forth, God, the way that you have it. These things I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. So, at 1031, I'm myself this morning. My hope and prayer today is that someone is encouraged by this message. We all understand that life can be hard, life can be difficult, and there are times that we feel the waves of our trials and our problems, they just keep coming and coming, and we feel the stresses of life from the unknown, because sometimes we deal with anxiety and we don't know where that next thing is coming from, and, and, and it just it just brings us down, you know, it's not even here yet, but yet and still, we're just so worried about it, you know? Are you dealing with a crisis today? I know that I am. Do you feel overwhelmed by it? Sometimes I do. And if you are, maybe you feel like there's no way out. Maybe you feel like the enemy is attacking you and you are powerless. Maybe you feel trapped with no idea how to get out. Or just maybe you feel like your life was going in a positive direction, but now everything has changed and you have no idea what tomorrow holds. Or maybe there are some relationships in your life that have been severely damaged and you have no idea how to fix them. Or just maybe you're sitting here today thinking, I'm struggling, Lord. With all these things. Let me just say to you this morning, hang in there. Because I, I believe that I'm going to bring you some good news today. Today, as we, we look at this song that David wrote, we will see how David, who struggled with all of these things, learned that understanding who God is brought him to a place of praise and trust in the midst of his situations. So to better understand just how powerful these eight verses are in song. Let's take a quick dive into 
to David's life. I'm not going to be long. David, as a young man, was asked to enter into Saul's service. David became Saul's armor bearer, and he played the heart for Saul whenever Saul was troubled. David stood up against Goliath, that powerful and mighty Philistine warrior, and defeated him when all others were afraid to do so. Saul saw that and put David in charge of his army. Things were going well for David, don't you think? Things were going well for him. He became a mighty warrior and was successful in everything that Saul sent him out to do. So David went ahead and won another battle, and a woman came from all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, but they were singing and dancing with their tambourines and shouts of joy, and the three-string instruments singing, Saul, he killed his thousands, but David, but David, his ten thousands. Now you know this infuriated Saul, right? King Saul, he then infuriated, and from that day, he became jealous of the same David that he placed in charge of his armies, amen? The same David that he felt so highly on. Amen. Y'all know this story. It's not new to you. Amen. Saul became so jealous of David's victories and jealous that everybody gave praise to David that he gathered 3,000 of his best soldiers to find and kill David. Now at this point, David's life had turned upside down. The man that he once trusted and loved and the people that was once trusted and loved by Saul was now hated and had a mark on his head and a target on his back. The same man. Now if we go a little further back in the story before all this happened, David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. Amen? So what's going on here? The next king of Israel, but Saul is trying to kill him. David went from tending sheep to being anointed the next king to defeating Goliath, becoming a mighty warrior for the king, to hiding and wondering if he would see the next day. This was a radical change in his life. Now during this time of hiding and running and fleeing for his life, he went to Ahimelech, the priest of Nod, and Ahimelech gave him some food because he realized David, he noticed David was hungry. Amen? And David tries again to go somewhere else where Saul wouldn't find him. He ended up with King Achish of Gath. Now, Gath was the hometown of the Philistine hero Goliath. Now, you know Gath, uh, King Achish didn't like David because he killed his mighty warrior. So David then fled Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. The Bible tells us that when David's brothers and his fathers heard that he was there, they went down to join him. Uh, and, and, and there were men who were desperate in that or discontented. They all rallied around David in this cave. cave. Now, can't you imagine David, how he may be feeling right now? I'm sure he felt downtrodden, amen? However, David understood depression. He understood life's ups and downs. He understood worry. He understood stress and hardship. He knew how it felt when life was out of control because his life was out of control. Amen? Yeah. So here we find David in the cave and on the run. And this is where God gave him this beautiful song. It was in the midst of all 
this madness going on in his life, yeah. amen, all the turmoil, yeah. all the unknowns, yeah. the enemy was out to get him, but yet and still, he writes his praise from the cave, yeah. amen, and y'all know y'all saw the words up there, I will bless the Lord at all times, in the cave, during his turmoil, he was still blessing God, amen, hallelujah, so is worthy of our praise. Yeah. As Saul and his 3,000 men were looking for David, David was found in the cave, not by Saul, but he was in his cave, worshiping the Lord. Yeah. Verses 1 through 3, David proclaims that he's going to give God praise no matter what. He said he was going to boast in the Lord, and not only that, he encouraged other people to join him and in exalting God. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on. Come on and magnify with me. And then let's exalt his name together. So he's inviting others to come in and praise God with me. So why is David so excited about praising God during this time when most of us would be scared and, and depressed and not, wanting to, not knowing what we're going to do? When all this bad stuff was happening to David, David you think about it, David didn't do anything wrong. We can even say that he really didn't deserve this. But yet, Saul was still after him. He was running for his life. He was living in this cave. And in spite of all that, David still praises God. And it makes you want to ask the question, why? Why? Yes, come on. Why? Why? Okay, I'm like, why are you praising God? I believe the answer is plain. David believed the truth about who God is. Knowing this truth brought David to a place of worship in the midst of the storm. Amen? We understand that God is worthy of our praises no matter the circumstances. But why? That's right. Why? Because God is God. One, and most importantly, God is God. God is eternal. God is great. God is powerful. Yeah. God is perfection. Yeah. God is king over everything. Yeah. And he is the giver of all that is good. Yeah. So David is saying, because, because of who you are, I'll give you glory. And he said, I'm going to praise you because of who you are. I give you praise. Whether it's in a, in a cave or on a throne. Because of you, you are. I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you. Because of who you are. Hallelujah. Yes, because David knew this. He was able to worship God in the time of trouble. And for whatever our situation is today, we should be able to do the same thing if we believe the truth of who God is. Going to, this leads me to my second point. Come on. These next few verses, verses four through seven. David believed in the power of prayer. My husband prays all the time. Let me tell you, he's a mighty prayer warrior. And he's a, he believes in the power of prayer. And so did David. He believed in God's power to deliver. So David had just been in the enemy's camp, remember? He tried to hide from Saul and Gath the Philistine territory, but the king of Gath recognized him, so he had to flee from there. The Lord delivered
Gad, but his other enemy, Saul, was still hunting him down. David, but David stayed on what my husband always said, Trust Street. He stayed on Trust Street, amen? He didn't diverge from Trust Street. So what I love about verse 4 is that David knew the Lord heard his prayer and was answering them. He didn't know when, but he knew God was able to do it and that he was going to do it, amen? Knowing the Lord was answering his prayers gave him a peace instead of fear. Amen? Yeah. He's still in this cave and under attack, but his peace, what well, this peace was about him, he didn't have any fear. Right. Why? Huh. I'm going to ask a lot of why questions. Uh -huh. Why, you may ask? Yeah. He gave all his fears to God yeah. and replaced them with trust. Yeah. And now, because of that, he had peace. Yeah. David's eyes were on God, not on himself. And not on his problems. Let me say that again. Because I think somebody needs to hear this. His eyes were on God, not on himself, how he can do and, and, and fix the problems in his life, or on his problems, why we have these problems, why we have these bills, why we don't have jobs, why we're sick. His eyes were on the Lord. Look to the hills from which cometh my help. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. The power always comes from yeah. God. It doesn't come from us. Yeah. We can do everything we want to do or everything we try to do, but it's not within us. It's of God. Amen. Amen. So David is praying this. He is believing that the Lord would deliver him, even though Saul is still after him, here, and he's still hiding in the cave. Why again? Here's my why. And my answer is because David is still resting on that street called trust. David is saying, yeah, Saul and his three, and the 3,000 of his best soldiers are after me, but, 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 they are no match for my mighty God. Amen? Amen. So, if you are here today, and you are at rock bottom, things are falling all apart around you, and you find yourself at the lowest point in your life, do what David did. Cry out to the Lord and believe in him. Stand on trust street. Get on that corner. Walk up and down that street. Hallelujah. Rest in God. Rest in his power. Trust in him. And in doing so, you can and will have peace. I absolutely love this picture of David in the cave. Can you imagine? Just, just think about it a minute. Look at David in this cave. He didn't have nothing. They didn't have nothing. Not just nothing, but he ain't had nothing. He was hungry. You know, when our homes, we had those comfortable beds to sleep in. David didn't have no comfortable bed. He didn't have a ceiling. Amen. He didn't have one of those beds that take you up and down.
will never leave us or forsake us. We may not see it, but he does. The almighty one who can calm the waves and the wind, the one who has the power over the demons, the one who has power over our sicknesses and the power over death, the one who rose from the grave is here in this house with us today. Amen? All we have to do is turn to him, trust in him, believe in him, and rest in him. It's hard to rest, I know. But we need to learn how to rest in God. How peaceful it is knowing that the King of Kings is with us everywhere we go and in every situation. My final point, God would never let us down. This is my favorite verse of those eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is so good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. David says, test the Lord out and see what you think.